Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Are you looking to build an independent practice that is fulfilling, impactful, and financially rewarding? Did you know that I run a business course that's designed to help you do exactly that without making all the mistakes I made along the way? Over 12 weeks, we take you through everything you need to know to set up a practice that lets you live your values. Through a combination of teaching from experts, legal templates to make sure your practice is covered, peer support and group coaching sessions, this is the place for anyone looking to get off the starting blocks in private practice. The course is always accessible in pre-recorded format and three times a year we run a live cohort. So what are you waiting for? Join us at psychologybusinessschool.com forward slash the psychology business school. The link's in the show notes. Can you believe that it's nearly the end of November 2021? I don't know about you, but the past couple of years just seem to have barely even happened in my mind. It's like with all the crazy stuff that's been going on in the world, time has just kind of fast forward and stood still at the same moment. So I'm going to be honest, for you, I am recording this in mid-October before I go on my maternity leave. And this is actually when I'm thinking about my goal setting for 2022. So I always do my goal setting earlier and earlier each year. And that is because I've learned how important it is in my business and that I need quite a bit of time to get things settled in my head before I can start implementing them in January. So I hope that you're listening to this and feeling excited about doing some goal setting for 2022 and not thinking that it's too early because it really isn't. The end of November is the absolute latest I would ever leave it to be thinking about goals for the year ahead. So without any further ado, let's get into a bit of painless goal setting. So first we're going to talk about vision, values and mission. And I know I go on about this a lot, but it's really, really important. So we're going to start there. Then we're going to talk a bit about how to proactively reflect on the year that you've had and think about your learning points for next year. And then finally, I'm going to share with you some strategies that you can use to make sure that your goals work for you for 2022, rather than being a millstone around your neck that just makes you feel a bit miserable and like a failure. Because in my experience, that's how a lot of goals can leave us feeling. And that is absolutely pointless in your business, if you ask me. Um, So let's think about how we can set some goals that make us feel motivated and excited and like we want to work in our businesses. So the first thing we have to do then is get clear on your vision and your values in your business. So why don't we all have a clear vision in our business? Why can this sometimes be so hard to think about? The secret, if you ask me, to remaining motivated and happy running your business is congruence. If your business gives you the life that you want to live and it fulfills you professionally, you are not going to burn out. This is why we need to be really clear on why we are in business. That's our vision. And what our values are, the person that we want to be in our business. 
And only then can we think about how we're going to achieve it. And that's our mission and goals. The problem is a lot of the time we feel really vulnerable when we think about vision and we think about designing a business. We think about what we want for ourselves and our lives. And all of that leads us to jump into goal setting a bit too early. So I'm going to rein you back (laughs) and make you start thinking about your vision. Okay, so what is the definition of your vision? Well, your vision is the change that you want to create in the world with your business. It can be pretty grand. Um, It's important actually to allow yourself to be grand and to write out a statement that might feel ridiculously bold because this is not a 90 day thing. It's not an annual thing. This is where you want to get to, the splash you want to make in the ocean of the world Um, full stop. So think big at this stage. The other side of your vision is about your personal life. How do you want your personal, your family life, your social life to look? If your business is a massive success, how will your life be different? And try and make that as tangible in your own mind as possible. So everybody at this point comes out with things like, oh, I have a good work-life balance. Well, that's not particularly helpful because your idea of a good work-life balance might be really different to mine. Um, You've probably noticed I like working quite a lot. And for me, good good work-life balance wouldn't mean working two days a week. That would probably be a bit miserable for me. I like to work more than that uh, when I don't have a tiny baby to look after. (laughs) Um, So you need to kind of make your own definition that fits you and how you feel in your body, in your soul, in your mind, however you conceptualize it uh, about work-life balance and, and decide what that looks like for you as tangibly as possible. Then you need to think about your values. How are you going to be in your business and in your personal life? What personal qualities are really important to you? And your values, they really determine how you behave in your business, how you behave in your life, and all the decisions that you make in your business. So everything from who you work with, who you work for, who you hire, these are really um, dictated by those values. So if you need a bit more advice in getting to know your business vision and values, we've got podcast episodes on those topics which I'll link to in the show notes. But for now, I just want you to reflect on what those are for you. And maybe, you know, revisit your business plan if you've done one of of our business planning courses before, um, or revisit those podcast episodes and really sketch out for yourself. What is my vision in this business? And what are the key values that underpin my business? Because there's no point setting goals until you know those things. Okay, so once you're clear again on your vision and your values, now I think it's really important to do a bit of reflection. So let's look at everything that you've done over the past year and take some stock. Now I know I find this quite difficult, especially when I'm trying to reflect on positive things. So I always need to get out my physical or digital diary Um, to help with this and for me it's actually both because I I use both Um, and I often also need to consult with other people in my life so I might need to talk to my partner I might need to talk to my business mentors 
I might need to talk to my team, the people that I work with day in, day out, and get them to give me a bit of feedback. Because otherwise, I tend to forget about good stuff that's happened during the year and really focus on things that were difficult. And the first thing I want you to do in your reflection is identify what were your three biggest wins this year. What did you do this year that took you towards that vision we were talking about a minute ago? So like I said, I usually find this really difficult, but do not let yourself off the hook. You have done at least three awesome things this year. I guarantee it. (laughs) You have done at least three things that have taken you towards that vision. You must find them. (laughs) Um, So I'll share mine um, in, uh, you know, the spirit of vulnerability and helping you to do this for yourselves. Um, Because actually this year, after a bit of a process, I managed to land on four, (laughs) which is very impressive. Normally, I really struggle to get to three. But when I sat down and did this for 2021, I've actually managed to come up with four big wins for the year. And they might give you a bit of inspiration about what yours might have been. So number one, we have had 19,000 downloads of this podcast. I can't believe it. It's literally blown my mind. Um, And I'm so grateful for that, by the way. Thank you very much for listening. By the time this goes out, I'm actually expecting it probably be more than that. Um, But at the time of recording, we've had around 19,000 downloads of this podcast, which is just wonderful and makes it all feel really worthwhile. So I like to think of that as... um, you know, 19,000 times people have, you know, potentially benefited from something that I've created, which is extremely warming of my heart. (laughs) So thank you for being one of those. Um, I've also had 4,000 psychologists and therapists join my mailing list um, over the past year, which again, yes, that's really great from a business perspective, but it also really hits my values because a lot of what I do is not just about my paid products and services, although those are really important and I'm not apologetic at all for the fact that my social enterprise needs to make money and that I need to make money. Um, But I do really value the fact that I also get to put out free content out there, which I know helps people who might be right at the beginning of their business journey, uh, who might not be ready to invest yet, but need that first kind of push off the diving board um, to to take the plunge into private practice and generally if people have joined my mailing list it's because they've downloaded something free I've created that has the intention of doing just that for them so that number makes me really happy (laughs) when I look at it. Um, I've also number three I've supported over 120 of you through psychology business school or the do more than therapy membership And those are my paid, my online courses and my uh, membership, which is all about helping people get set up in private practice uh, or growing an existing practice uh, to reach more people. So again, the fact that 120 of you have been through that process with me this year is just mind-blowing. When I think about the fact that at the beginning of the year, in January, we were just launching Psychology Business School for the first time. I I just, yeah, I I feel extremely grateful and appreciative of the opportunity to um, to do that work. It's been amazing. And then number four, which is kind of a bonus that has sprung on from those three wins, 
is that the revenue from all of those, from particularly from my paid products and services, has provided the financial stability that I needed to extend my team and grow the offers that I can make to struggling parents. And a, a lot of that is in the pipeline at the moment. So I'll be able to tell you a lot more about it after my maternity leave. But this is why I'm not apologetic at all about needing to make money in my business. Because if you don't have financial stability in a business, it's impossible to grow these kind of low cost offers um, that reach a lot of people that a lot of us dream about. You need to be generating revenue in order to do that. And it's only because I've managed to increase the revenue coming into the business by so much that I've also been able to spend more money on creating new offers that will help people who maybe can't afford to pay for the premium services um, that I do offer. So I'm really, really excited by that. It hasn't come, hasn't all come to fruition yet, but the fact that I've created a business which has that capacity within it, I know that next year we're gonna be able to put out some really exciting stuff to help a group of people who wouldn't be able to pay for our services. So that is a huge win for me and something I'm very, very excited about. So those are the big wins. And it's very important to do that first. Never let yourself rush on to the next bit too quickly. Feel those achievements. Allow yourself to bask in the glow of them a little bit. You know, give yourself a coffee and a cake or whatever floats your boat (laughs) um, as a bit of a reward for them. And then comes the time to think about your key learning points. And again, I like to work in threes. So I usually say to try and think of three key learning points that you're going to take away from the year. And if you're anything like me, this is probably going to come to the forefront of your mind a little bit easier than the winds do. Um, And again, as I'm all about being transparent about the ups and downs of business, I'm going to be totally honest about my learning points from this year in the hope that it might inspire you or trigger something in your brain to help you think through your own. Okay, so my learning points from this year. The first painful lesson that I have learned is that increased revenue does not necessarily mean increased profit. So you might have been aware if you listen to other marketing podcasts that there has been a big rise in the cost of Facebook advertising particularly, but it's actually true across all digital advertising. And that meant that even though a lot of aspects of my business grew massively, like, you know, trebled in terms of income over the course of this year. For some of those projects, our profits actually stayed stable. And in one, in one case, our profits actually declined. And that's why it's so important to track your numbers very, very carefully when you invest in paid advertising. Thankfully, we do track carefully, so we spotted it. We spotted this, we spotted the trajectory it was on, and we do have a plan to improve profitability for next year. But it was a bit of a painful lesson, and I think there is so much out there around, you know, oh, aren't I impressive because I run a six-figure business? And really, what I've learned this year is no, not necessarily. You could run a six-figure business and be taking home virtually no money, Um, And you could still um, not have any profit to reinvest in other projects because a six-figure business just means that you've made six figures of of money. It it doesn't tell you what somebody spent to acquire that business. Um, 
And what I've learned this year is that you can spend a lot to acquire a lot. (laughs) And you need to be very, very mindful of the margin between those two things. So that's a key business lesson that I've learned this year. It didn't go too far down that track for me, but it started going that way. And I'm certainly looking to turn it around, going in a better trajectory for next year. It's a big priority. Number two, I learned that my physical health is really important. (laughs) Uh, And once again, of course, I knew that before, but this year I kind of had to learn it the hard way. And I also had to accept that that means that I can't do all the stuff that I want to do in my business. As you will know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I have the kind of brain that wants to do a lot of stuff. I have a lot of ideas. There's a lot of stuff I'm really passionate about and that I really want to invest my time in. But this year, um, going through another pregnancy, um, you know, moving across the country with my two young children, dealing with the effects of the pandemic, trying to buy a house, um, all of these things have put a lot of strain on, on my physical health. And there were times when I couldn't Uh, do you know even a third of the things I wanted to do in my business and I had to learn to accept that and I think to take that learning forward is really about you know making sure I don't over schedule so much for next year and anticipating that it's not going to work if I try and work on five projects at the same time (laughs) I'm laughing slightly as I record that because these are the things that I say to my one-on-one coaching clients (laughs) over and over again And some of you will be nodding along like, yep, she says that to me constantly. Um, But really, this this year has taught me that I need to take that advice for myself a bit more seriously. Um, And I'm certainly going to be doing that going forward. So again, just to reassure you, by the way, I I realise at this point, um, I should probably have had my baby. (laughs) But I did record this before having the baby. I'm not... I'm not uh, sitting here recording it while trying to look after two um, preschoolers and and a newborn. (laughs) I haven't done that to myself. I'm recording this nice and far in advance. Okay, so learning point number three. I learned that I actually have to step up and be a manager to my team. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we've had tremendous growth over the past year. Growth that I couldn't even imagine. I really couldn't. And with that has come the growth of my team. It used to be just me and Sam, my community manager, who a lot of you know, because she helps us out a lot in the Do Morton Therapy community. Um, But it's not now. You know, now I've got people that help me with this podcast. I've got people that help me with graphic design. I've got people um, that help me with admin. I've got a couple of associates. The, the team is, is really growing all the time and, and it needs to, to keep up with the demands of the work that we're doing because as I've just reflected on, I can't do all of it myself. Um, so instead of saying no to projects, what I've been doing really is is delegating more and so we can still achieve some of the stuff that I want to achieve but it isn't all falling on my shoulders. And that's all wonderful. But nothing in my career has really equipped me to be a particularly good manager. I like to think that I've got some of the qualities of a good leader, but I don't have the skills of a good manager. Um, I'm just very honest with myself about that. But I am I'm going to develop them and I am developing them. And 
Doing the School for Social Entrepreneurs trade-up programme this year has really helped me to start developing that. And I'm hoping that uh, the MBA that I'm studying with Warwick University is going to help me take that further. But it really is important because there have been a couple of projects this year that didn't quite come together in the way that I wanted them to. Um, you know, maybe they were a bit delayed, um, things didn't quite happen in the way that I envisaged. And that wasn't an individual person's fault. Generally, it was because of communication errors that if I had more management experience, I probably would have foreseen, um, but I didn't. So I really recognise that I need to learn from, from that experience and I have to embrace and accept that role of manager much more than I have done in the past. Um, so that is firmly on my list of, of things to develop in the new year. Okay, so I have shared my four wins and my three big learning points from this year with you. I'd really encourage you now to just take a little bit of time, maybe 30 minutes of quiet, to come up with those for yourself before you allow yourself to move on to setting your goals. Okay, so now we're finally at the point of doing a bit of goal setting for 2022. Oh, I don't want to disappoint you, but I am not going to tell you how to set a SMART goal because I know that you already know that and you probably help your clients to come up with goals all the time. You will have your own system and strategy for coming up with goals that work for you. But I do want to share with you some rules for goal setting that you might not have thought about before or maybe you have thought about but you've not applied to yourself before, which is so often the case for us. So there are basically three rules that I apply to my goal setting when I'm doing my annual goals. And the first one is I make sure at least one of my goals is values-based rather than achievement-based. Pick something that you want to be more of and set an intention to make time and space for that thing. And that way you really can't fail and you'll always be moving towards living your values. So I always have a values-based goal. I think that's really important. The second rule is make your achievement-based goals time-bound and genuinely realistic for the number of hours you have available. Avoid comparisonitis at all costs. Just because somebody else thinks that launching an online course in 90 days is a good time frame for them, it doesn't mean it's right for you. You might need a year, you might need longer, or you might want to do it in a shorter time frame. It's just really important to take a realistic look at your life, how it is right now, not some kind of hope for how it might be in the future. Look at the reality. How long do you have to work on this project? How much support do you have? Um, and what's a realistic time frame for you? And allow yourself that time frame. It does not matter if it takes you five years to write your book and it took your neighbour you know, two weeks. If that's the time frame that's going to be realistic for you, then set yourself that time frame and make your plan so that you work towards it within that time frame, rather than doing what I have done so many times and plucking something out of the air, usually something like 90 days, and then you know wondering why I fail at every plan. <laughs> Don't do that, be realistic, and you've got a much better chance of solidly moving forward throughout the year, and that's the most important thing. 
And then finally, my final rule is be flexible. If something changes, your goal has to change too. I keep my business plan as a working document that's open at all times. And I will change things depending on what's happening in the business and what's happening in my personal life. Like holding on too tightly to the goals that you set at the beginning of the year is just a recipe for getting to December the 31st feeling like a failure. But if I look now at the goals that I set at this time last year, well, I didn't know that I was going to have another baby. (laughs) So of course, my goals were really quite different. I was supposed to be finishing the book that I'm just starting to write now. Um, There were lots of things that I was supposed to do in quarter three that I was way too sick to even start up. Um, But that's okay. I just, as soon as I realised that I was expecting another baby, I knew I was going to be too sick to do those things. So I went back into the business plan and I changed it so that I'm not now reflecting on those things as failures because they're not failures. It's not a failure to live a life that has flux and change in it. We all do. That's the reality. So your business plan needs to be a live document where you can update your goals to reflect that. So I hope those are some useful principles for goal setting. What I really hope you do now is, you know, finish this podcast, listen all the way to the end, obviously, but finish this podcast um, or maybe rate and subscribe to the podcast, I should say. (laughs) Give me a nice review. Then switch off the podcast and uh, and take 30 minutes of quiet so that you can do this reflection on your vision and your values on your wins on the learning points from the year and then set yourself a few flexible goals one of which is values based um, that actually fit with your life for 2022 uh, that is what i really hope you do after listening to this podcast If you do, then please send me an email or send me a DM. I'm on Instagram at Rosie Gilderthorpe or on Facebook uh, where I'm Rosie Gildertrig and let me know how you get on. Uh, Because even if I can't respond because I'm up to my elbows in nappies and young children, I still get a lot of pleasure out of reading your messages and knowing that you have um, engaged and got something from this podcast. So please do take a bit of time to reflect, take some action, and then let me know how you got on. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. If you share my passion for doing more than therapy, then make sure you come over and join my free Do More Than Therapy Facebook community, where you can work on getting your big ideas off the ground with like-minded psychologists and therapists. I'd also love it if you could leave this show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It'll help more of the people who need it to find it. See you next week for more tips and inspirational stories to help you do more than therapy. Therapy.